Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to Hope for Your Heart. This is Pastor Calvin Corbett with Hickory Ridge Community Church, thanking you for joining the broadcast today. And uh, we are in the last week of 2021. Man, this is unbelievable how fast this year has gone by. I thought 2020 went by kind of slow, but 2021, I think, went by really fast. And I think the same thing's going to happen in this brand new year. Well, this is the last week that I'm going to uh, give an offer to you. And uh, this is an offer for you to receive a free devotional book for the brand new year. The devotional book is called Believe. It is a 365-day devotional book, and it focuses on the theme of how we should believe, what we should believe, and how to have your life change by believing in the right things. You know, Jesus said that whenever you pray, you ought to pray believing. And when we pray believing in the center of God's will, He will accomplish what we pray for. So if you'd like to have this devotional, what you can do is give me a call at 757-421-7500. 757-421-7500. That is the number for Hickory Ridge Community Church. And just leave a message with the receptionist or leave a message on the voicemail if you call after hours. Just leave me your name and your address and just say, hey, I want the Believe devotional book and I will drop it in the mail for you and you'll get it as soon as possible, okay? Also, I'm challenging our church this year to memorize 30 verses on that theme of belief. So if you'd like to have that packet of verses that go along with the devotional book, I'd be happy to send that to you because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And David said, I have hidden God's word in my heart so that I won't sin against God. You know, the best way to fight sin, the best way to overcome sin is by giving God's word in those areas of your weaknesses. So what are you struggling with? I remember many years ago, I struggled with lying. And it wasn't that I really wanted to tell lies. It's just that I found people love to hear stories. And if I could embellish a story, uh, it kind of grabbed their attention. And so one day I was reading my Bible and I ran across a verse in the book of Revelation. And it was an eye opener. Revelation 21.20 says, liars shall have no part in heaven. It says, all liars shall be separated from God for eternity. And this is the second death. And so that verse basically says, all liars will be friars. And I don't want to be separated from God uh, for eternity. You know, one of the ways that you know you're a believer is that your sin begins to bother you. Before you became a Christian, it didn't seem like sin really bothered you that much. But now that you're a child of the king, all of a sudden your conscience is awakened and now things begin to bother you. Now that's a good thing, right? God has given us the Holy Spirit And one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit is to convict us of our sins. Well, I want to give you today, into tomorrow's broadcast, I want to give you Christmas meaning. I know we're just coming past Christmas, but I think this is a really good opportunity for us to evaluate what is the meaning of Christmas. Now, before we go too far, I want to share with you an interesting story. And it's kind of a dad joke, but not really a dad joke. It's more of a dad story, okay? Now, there was a seminary professor. And uh, this seminary professor told the story about a married woman. And this married woman decided she was going to go on her own private vacation. She wasn't going to go with her family. She was going to go by herself. And she was going to take a vacation to Europe. So she went from the Midwest, where she lived, to London. And then she was planning to go from London to Paris to Rome and to Vienna. When she got to London, she called her husband back home in the Midwest and said, Well, how are you doing? The husband says, I'm doing fine. But unfortunately, our cat Lucy has died. So his wife starts bawling. 
Her eyes, she just overwhelmed with grief. She's bawling out her eyes over the phone. But when she finally regains her composure, she says, You insensitive brute of a man. Why did I ever marry somebody like you? You just have no concern about my feelings. The husband said, Well, what was I supposed to have said? The wife thinks for a moment, and she replies, Well, when I got to London and I called you as I did, you could have said, Lucy, our cat, is on the roof. And when I got to Paris, you could have said when I called you that Lucy, our cat, fell down from the roof. And then when I got to Rome, you could have said, Lucy's not doing so well. And when I got to Vienna, you could have said, Lucy died. The wife said, now, by the way, how is mother doing? To which the husband replied, she's on the roof. <laughs> well, that wife, uh, she, she thought her husband had bad timing uh, with delivering the news of her, her cat's demise. And oftentimes we have bad timing in how we do things. H- have you ever been in a situation in your life where you felt like the timing was really bad? You know, I wonder how the mother of Jesus felt uh, when the angel Gabriel approaches her. And uh, she's maybe 15 years old. And this angel tells her that the Holy Spirit is going to come upon her and she's going to be impregnated, and she's going to have a child, and it's going to be a supernatural conception, and she is going to be the earthly mother of the Savior of the world. Now, at this particular time, as you know, Mary was not married. She was betrothed to be married, and she lived in a very conservative time, a very conservative culture. For Mary to become pregnant out of wedlock, wow, this was scandalous. Uh, This was a whole opportunity for everyone to say Mary should be excommunicated. Mary could possibly have been stoned uh, because she was not married. And and to make matters worse, in her ninth month of pregnancy, Mary had to travel from Nazareth to Bethlehem with her fiancé, Joseph, because Caesar Augustus issued this decree that a census should be taken in all of the Roman world. So, So timing is everything. And when you think about timing, uh, sometimes we're going to have these opportunities to have a, a near miss in our life. Uh, so many times that happens. I think about this often uh, as I drive back and forth every day to Newport News. You know, there's many days. I, I don't think I go more than maybe three or four days without coming up uh, to an accident or, or just missing an accident. And I think about timing. And I think about the fact that if you arrive One second later, you miss the accident, but if you arrive at that right second, you could be right in the middle of an accident. God's timing is always perfect. And sometimes things happen to us, and we wonder, why is this happening right now? As I was thinking about the message, I was thinking about some pictures that I noticed as I was preparing for this message, and I found a lot of pictures online about perfectly timed pictures, perfectly timed photographs, right? Uh, For example, one of them was this dog that was running through his yard, chasing this huge bubble. Uh, Apparently, the kids are out there blowing bubbles, and this dog is chasing them and, you know, kind of popping them. And somebody snaps a picture at just the right moment, and it appears that the dog is in the middle of a big bubble. Uh, There's another picture that I saw, and I wish I had PowerPoint because I could actually show this uh, to you. (laughs) That's one of the disadvantages of being on on radio or doing a, a podcast is that I can't show you what I'm trying to explain. But I saw another picture that I thought was really cool, and uh, it, it appears that this big building is holding up the moon. And, and somebody snapped this picture at just the right time, 
when the moon was just at the top of this building, and it appears that the building is holding up the moon. Now, there's another picture that I that I saw on the internet uh, that I thought was really cute, and uh, it's a picture of a dog in the back of a car, and uh, and and he's got one ear up in the air, and the driver of this car ha- has a license plate. The license plate says one ear up with the dog having one ear up. And so I thought that was really cool, okay? Uh, But when you think about timing, God's timing, it's always perfect. Sometimes we mess up in our timing. Uh, For example, telling jokes, right? Uh, Timing is everything uh, when you give a joke. And uh, that's why dad jokes are bad jokes, because sometimes I'll give a dad joke and the timing will be off and it kind of goes flat, right? But you know, when Jesus came, it was at just the right time. In Galatians chapter 4, it says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Jesus came at just the right time. That little phrase, fullness of time, that Paul uses in Galatians chapter 4, that expression means that it was ripe. The fullness of time means that the time was ripe or the time was perfect. God sent forth his son to be the savior of the world at just the right time. You know, throughout history, God has been whispering and promising and suggesting that he's going to send a savior. Way back in the book of Genesis, in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve sinned and fell away from God, they experienced a sense of alienation between themselves and God. They also experienced some alienation between each other, and their hearts were compromised, but God made a promise. God made a promise that he would send a savior for them, and not only for them, but also for all of humanity. You know, one of my favorite all-time Christmas programs is uh, the story by Jimmy Stewart, and it's called It's a Wonderful Life. Now, don't you just love that movie? Uh, Well, uh, I am happy to announce that my nephew had a, a baby And my wife and I, last Sunday after church, decided to go over and spend a little time with them. And uh, just to give them a break, you know, whenever you have a new baby come into the house, it's such a joyful uh, experience. But I tell you what, having a brand new baby in the house is a lot of work. It's a lot of stress. And uh, and they needed a little break. And so we said, well, we're going to come over and we're going to spend the afternoon and we'll take care of the baby. And you two just go out and uh, go get coffee together. Just spend uh, the afternoon. If you want to go to the store, shop, or whatever you want to do, uh, we're going to watch your baby for a couple hours. And we had such a blast. And uh, my wife, she just loves those little babies. And, and for the whole two and a half hours that they were gone, she just held that baby the whole time. And so I said, well, I'm going to see if there's anything on TV. And wouldn't you know, It's a Wonderful Life was on TV. And I was watching that beloved Christmas program, and I fell asleep halfway through it. You know, Sunday afternoon, I love to take those power naps, right? Uh, 15, 20-minute power nap Sunday afternoon. Well, I fell asleep right in the middle of, of that movie, but I woke up toward the end, and uh, and, and the happy ending, when the whole town comes together and, uh, and helps uh, Jimmy Stewart get everything back together so he doesn't lose everything, and it's just a fascinating story. What I like about that story is it gives us an opportunity to look at life as if we didn't occur, as if we didn't exist. And, and Jimmy Stewart has this opportunity to say how much or see how different things would be if his life never came into existence. Isn't that kind of cool? He was born at just the right time. You know, you were born at just the right time. 
God had a purpose for you, and he says, here is your purpose, and this is when it's going to be fulfilled. It was at the right time. It was at that precise moment. God gave you the talents. God gave you the skills. God gave you the wisdom to fulfill what he wanted you to do at this moment. That's why you were born today. You know the talents that you had? If you were born 100 years ago, those talents may not even be needed. That's why God gave you talents for this particular time at this particular moment. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Now, that little phrase, born under the law, means born under the curse. Christ was born under a curse. He was born to take our curse for us. So today and tomorrow in the broadcast, I want to talk to you about what Christmas means. And I want you to know that Christmas means I can have everlasting life. And that everlasting life is available to me. That everlasting life has been announced. God's not holding back on us. That everlasting life must be accepted. It's a free gift, but it must be accepted. That everlasting life has been affirmed to us, and that everlasting life should be appreciated, and it's making our joy complete. So we're going to look at 1 John 1, verses 1 through 4. Let me read the text, and then we'll go through and talk to you about the significance of the meaning of Christmas and the fact that it gives us everlasting life. John says this, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched, we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we have seen it, and we testify to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father, and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen, what we have heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. Well, let's talk about eternal life. You know, eternal life, according to this passage of Scripture, is available. John says, that which was from the beginning. This is a almost a direct quote from the very first verse in the Bible. Genesis 1.1 says, in the beginning, God created. Well, John says, in the beginning or from the beginning, we discover that we have heard, we have seen with our eyes, we have looked at our hands that we have touched, that we proclaim to you concerning the word of life. The life appeared. Jesus here is being described as the word, and he's saying, I am the word. Now, I want to tell you something about the power of the word of God. Many people wrongly think that the Bible was written 2,000 years ago over a period of 1,500 years by 40-some different authors. Now, I get where they're coming from, and that's true to a degree. But in reality, the word of God has always appeared, always existed. In the beginning was the word. Now, this is talking about the Logos, and Jesus himself says, I am the Word. He said, well, how do we get our Bible? How do we get these different authors? And why does it appear that it that was written and delivered to us 2,000 years ago? Well, that is the fullness of time 
of the Word of God. God knew before He began creation, before the foundations of the world, the Word was there, and it was going to be given to us at that fullness of time. At just the right moment, it was going to unfold to us in human history. When you think about time, time is a concept that God created for us. We think on the line of time, right? For example, there was a time where I did not exist, but there will never be a time that I cease to exist. God created me at a certain time in history, but the soul, the real part of me, is always going to live on forever. God created time so that we could understand how He is moving in our lives. We discover eternal life here is given to us. It is available. Going back to Genesis 1-1, it's very simple. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And in the beginning of John 1-1, there's a profound, in the beginning was the Word. So we know that the Word was back in Genesis 1-1. We know that the Word existed before Genesis 1-1. We see here that our salvation, everything that was necessary for our salvation, was made possible for us even before the world was created, before the foundations of the world. Well, let's look at how Peter talks about this, okay? 1 Peter 1.19 says this, But with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, as a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Now, Peter is doing a masterful job. I love Peter, right? Uh, because Peter was a fisherman, and Peter was like many of us. He was one of these guys that would, would open up his mouth before his brain engaged, right? <laughs> Whenever he spoke, it seemed like Peter stuck his foot right in his mouth. I can so relate to Peter. I love Peter. I can't wait to see Peter in heaven. But Peter says, this precious blood of Christ, as a lamb without blemish and without spot, was foreordained before the foundation of the world. In other words, God had a plan in place. He made a promise and put it in place before the foundation of the world. That promise was manifested to us, Peter says, in these last times. Peter was an eyewitness to the manifestation of Christ. Even when you go into the book of Revelation, you discover this significance of this lamb that was slain before the creation of the world. In Revelation 13, 8, it says all the inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast, okay? Uh, whenever you study the book of Revelation, remember that, that you're going from the scene in heaven to a scene in earth. You go back and forth and back and forth. Well, Revelation 13 is talking about a scene in earth where all the inhabitants of the earth are worshiping the beast and those names that had not been written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So anybody whose name was not in the Lamb's Book of Life, they were caught up in this worshiping of the beast. And then the Lamb was slain from the creation of the world. So here John gets a glimpse of what's going to happen in the future, and he's reminding us that the land that was slain, that's Christ, was slain from the creation of the world. In other words, God knew when he created us that it's going to have to be a plan for our redemption, and we discover that plan was put in place before the creation of the world. Now, I want you to know, this is exciting to know that we can have everlasting life all because of what Christ has done for us. In Philippians chapter 2, it's one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. It's actually the chapter that deals with Jesus manifesting himself to us. And Paul puts it this way in verse number 8. He says, talking about Christ, 
being found in the appearance as a man. So Jesus has always existed, always existed as God, no beginning, no end, but he took on the appearance of a man. In other words, for a period of time, 33 years, he was 100% God and 100% man. He appeared as a man, and Paul says that he humbled himself. And in his humility, he was obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Wow, this is good stuff when you think about it, because all of us have sinned, and the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. I want you to know that eternal life is available, and it's available to everybody. Whoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, that's the real meaning of Christmas right there, that we have eternal life available, made available to us because of what Christ has done for us. Well, there's something else about this eternal life that we got to look at today, and that is eternal life must be accepted. Going back to 1 John, verse number 2, 1 John 1, 2, John says, we have seen it and we testify to it. Now, this is John saying, I was brought into an encounter with Christ. By accepting it, I can testify to the fact that Jesus was here. Now, John put it a little bit different in John chapter 5, verse 24, when he says, truly, truly, I say unto you, whoever hears my words and believes him who sent me has everlasting life. So here's two things that have to happen according to this passage of scripture. You've got to hear the word of God, right? Faith comes by hearing the word, but then you also have to believe in the word. So there's an understanding of the gospel message, the good news of Christ. There's a receiving of that message, and then there's believing that message. And John says, when you hear and believe, then you have eternal life. And it says that when we do this, we don't come into judgment, but we have passed from death to life. John also put it this way in John 1.12, but as many as received him, those who believe in his name, he gave them the right to become the children of God. Now, Vance Habner says this, and I think it's quite interesting because I think it's so true as we look at the modern church today. Havner says, one of the greatest errors in the church today is the artificial distinction we have created between accepting Christ as Savior and confessing Him as Lord. We've made two experiences of it, but the New Testament makes them one. You see, when you look throughout the Bible, it's always believing Jesus Christ to be your Savior and it also Acknowledging him as Lord. Romans 10, 9 and 10 is a great passage of scripture that takes into mind both of these, Jesus is my Savior and my Lord. If we declare with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God hath raised him from the dead, you will be saved. In other words, Jesus is the Lord of my life. And because he raised again from the dead, he is my Savior. When I believe with my mouth and I, my heart is changed, then I am saved. Somebody put it this way. There is 18 inches between your head and your heart. I think a lot of people have a, an intellectual understanding of who Jesus is. They believe that he came. They believe he died on the cross. They believe he was born of a virgin in that little town of Bethlehem. They believe that, but they've never accepted him as Lord. You know what that means? 
That means if you only believe in your mind without your heart being changed, you are lost. You're not born again. Oh, I hope that you will accept this free gift of salvation and recognize that Jesus is your Savior, but Jesus is also your Lord. Eternal life is offered to all, but unfortunately, it's only accepted by some. Well, here's the third thing that I want to talk to you about eternal life. We've covered a lot of ground so far. We've talked about eternal life is available. We've talked about eternal life is accepted. And the third thing we want to talk about, and we're going to finish this on the broadcast tomorrow. So join me tomorrow, okay? Because the third thing about this meaning of Christmas is that eternal life is announced. John put it this way. We proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. The announcement of Jesus coming has appeared to us. You know, there's more evidence that Jesus existed than there is that you and I exist. That's true. Our calendar revolves around the coming of Christ. The Bible has been written to announce his coming. Prophets foretold it was going to come. Literally millions and millions of lives have been changed by the power of Jesus Christ. I want you to join me tomorrow as we continue on talking about how eternal life is announced and how we are to proclaim it wherever we go. Well, if you'd like to have that devotional book that I talked about early in the broadcast, give me a call at 757-421-7500, or you can shoot me a text on my personal phone. That is 252-267-2365. Thank you so much for listening to the broadcast. God bless you. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3220 South Battlefield Boulevard, Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. We'd love for you to join us. For more information, you go to our website at www.hrcc7.org. No matter what you're going through, remember, in Jesus Christ, there is always hope for your heart.